Hi everyone and welcome to Dig a Little Deeper. Uh, I'm returning today with Pastor Sarah. Hello. <laughs> it's good to have you back, Sarah. And uh, we're going to continue our conversation, which uh, we were going to go all sorts of places last week, but actually we ended up really drilling down on your calling, on mm. your emergence from, um, you know, being sort of anxious to express yourself and connect in public. Um, I thought it was brilliant, actually. Thank you so much for being so open with that. And I think it'll really help people who are struggling in that way and help people who aren't struggling in that way maybe understand some people who are. Mm. And then we, of course, moved on to your calling, sense of calling, and um, a little bit of women in leadership, which sort yep. of just felt awkward for us to even be talking about. It's a bit like, is this really still an issue? Yeah. Um, but I think it was great. You know, what we covered it will be helpful for some people. Yeah, I hope so. Um, yeah. So, but where we want to go today is actually uh, your theological journey. Mm. And, you know, obviously the podcast has really been about the the... I don't know, the the publication of a bit of a journey that we've been on, yeah. me personally, and us as a staff team, and therefore us as a church, as it sort of bleeds its way out through our ministries, um, this ge- theological journey mm. of how we see God, etc. And I also understand that I don't want to assume, like I know where I came from with my yep. perception yep. of who God was and how God acted and whatnot. And so a lot of my last 10 years of my journey have been a big revelation to me. Mm. But I constantly look at our young staff team, like yourself, mid-20s, yep. and it doesn't seem to be the big issue to you guys. Yeah. So I am really keen to talk to you about um, – Let's let's talk. Let's start with your observations and your perceptions of this sort of journey that we've been on in a general yeah. sense, the necessity of it or the unnecessity of it mm-hmm. or the, you know, start talking, Sarah. Yeah, yeah, great. <laughs> I, for me personally, it's been, I think I would use the word necessary f- for my, maybe not for my faith, but um, yeah, maybe for my faith. Mm-hmm. Um because I felt like there was a lot of growth that needs to happen in the way we communicate about God. And I think mostly just from the inconsistencies in my personal thinking, when Mm -hmm. I have to look at God two ways that are not, you know. Like the loving God and the angry one. Yeah, yeah. yeah. (laughs) Or just hearing things people say and literally in something inside you going that it just sounds wrong. Mm -hmm. And I don't have like a theological sound point for that. Just something within me goes that that can't be right. Mm -hmm. And so I found it really necessary and really, um, um, important for, I think not just where we're going as a church, but maybe as individual disciples, like being able to continue the journey of discipleship. Mm -hmm. I need to have a real confidence Mm in who I'm sharing about and, and what, God is, mm. uh, who, yeah, who he is, is really important. So, you know, it's hard to be fired up about helping people meet Jesus if you're still confused about, about who Jesus the is. The reception and, they might get. And it's like, oh, I'm yeah. going to, you know, you're like, do I have to one day tell this person who's met Jesus that they might end up in hell? Like, mm-hmm. how do you, like, mm-hmm. Jesus is so loving, come, like, mm-hmm. be a part of it. And it's mm-hmm. like, oh, yeah, there but are But don't these, do the wrong thing or yeah, he'll just, burn you. Yeah, just don't, <laughs> maybe just don't read the fine print and you'll live so much happier. Like, yeah, it's yeah. such an odd thing. I, I tell you, I think you've made a really 
interesting observation just there initially, which is uh, before we even get to the theology, the theory mm. of it, um, is the need to communicate yes. differently and to know what we're communicating and mm-hmm. to find language. That's that's really been maybe the biggest part yeah. of this. It hasn't been let's reinvent God. No, it's no. It's been is the way we're talking about God, number one, authentically reflective mm. of who he really is. Yeah, does it honour yeah, God? Yeah, yeah, <laughs> Yes. Would God be happy with the way we talk about him or is he up there going, you said I said what? Yes. You know, um, and the second thing is um, languaging it for people to understand and comprehend. Yeah. So, we, we, you know, we want it to be accurate and mm. we want it to bridge the cultural gap at the same time, yes. um, which is a bit of a juggling act. And and I'm only really encouraged. It's I'm, I'm just convinced it's not a new thing thing. Mm. Uh, the more I look at church history, I think this is all the church has ever done. Yes. Is reinvent itself. It has and to. It has to. As culture around it shifts, mm. as language around it shifts. Mm. And we're not even talking major language changes. We're just talking like nuances in the English language. Yep. Imagine what, what was it like back when ancient Greek began to die? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and the scriptures are written in it and, and you know, and, and it's getting translated into Latin and then they're arguing mm. over whether the Latin's accurate to the original Greek and yada, yada, yeah, you know, wow. it just goes on and on. So what we're doing is minuscule compared to what has been done in the yes. past. Mm. Yeah, and it made me think when we first started this journey or maybe a little bit into it, I started to get this real like, should anyone be allowed to read the Bible if they don't have wow. significant <laughs> theological training? Because like all the things we're learning about and the way it was written and genres and mm-hmm. original Greek and Hebrew mm-hmm. and what was happening at the time, I'm like, I got a bit overwhelmed. Like, should everyone have to know this before they're allowed yeah, to have scripture? Yeah. Um, but I remember where I landed was, no, because I trust that like God and the Holy Spirit can discern things for you. Because mm-hmm. I remember even like, and this is probably I what sparked a bit of my interest in the theology. I grew up in a family that it was like a a common phrase was, that's not what a real Christian does. Mm-hmm. And it was used a lot just for things that I think that they didn't like. <laughs> but as a young child, you don't know that. Mm-hmm. And so I'd be constantly told things that, like real Christians don't do that. You shouldn't do that. Like even to the point of like, insecurities you had like like such that's so disappointing to god mm, like imagine wow. as a child being yeah, told yeah. your insecurity disappoints god oh, like gee. that's traumatic <laughs> not helpful no not helpful mm. uh, yeah i'm not a parent but i would just say i don't recommend don't that parenting as, a parent, as a parent i would think <laughs> yeah, not helpful yeah but mm. i remember having this real conflict in me maybe especially in my early teens where i i knew i wanted to follow god but the way people talked about Christianity and church was so – it was, like, almost tearing me up inside because mm-hmm. I was like, I know God. Like, I've experienced him. Like, mm-hmm. I always felt like I, – I prayed a lot as a child. My mum just always told me from day one, like, God is a friend. You talk to him. Mm-hmm. And I genuinely – like, I, I laugh about it a little because I, I don't know when I started believing in God. I just know that I – Always I did. I do. yeah. And the turning point for me was never, will I believe in God? It's, will I believe in the church? Mm, That was what I struggled with because I'd experienced God and I'd prayed and I'd just, yeah, that wasn't a problem for me. Mm -hmm. I had a profound trust in God. I'm probably more younger than I do now, but I've lived Mm -hmm. a little more life. But I just remember the sweetness to it, but being constantly barraged with images like, nope. 
that's not what God is. This is what God is. Mm-hmm. And me going, but that's not who I'm experiencing. Mm, wow. And I remember one day just literally I was really upset and I just said to God, I like, I believe in you, but I can't do this if that's yeah. what it is. And I remember just so clearly through my head, like this thought, like, that's not me. Yeah. It's like the clearest I would say I've ever like heard like the voice of God, but it was more like in my head, like just over the top of all the thoughts that were barreling out of control was that's not me. Yeah. And I remember just that's what made me hold on and literally stay in church Mm -hmm. was that I'm going to find who this God is that I'm experiencing in the Bible. Like I know there has to be something I'm missing. So I've always been really invested in theology. Look, when you talk about it like that and there's this inner inner knowing, you know, which Romans 8, Paul would mm. say the, you know, the, the spirit of God is crying out, Abba, Father, you know, yeah. Papa, Daddy. Yeah. So there's this knowing of God on the gut level, spirit level. Mm. Um, and, and I think that when this is what's initiated a lot of deconstruction journey for people, even yeah. really unhealthy deconstruction journeys with their faith. Yeah is when they see rigid stuff either done by their leadership or mm-hmm. even done in the public space by Christians, mm-hmm. you the big proclamations, God hates this and God yeah. hates that and God will judge this and yada, yada. And, um, and they just go, that does not resonate with my journey. Yeah. That's not who I found God to be. Yes. I've messed up. And I've only ever found him gracious. Mm-hmm. I've I've thought I should just give up and I've felt God pick me up and dust me off. And when I felt it my least worthy and when I felt it my most distant, mm. I found God to be gracious and kind, and, kind yeah. and coming after me like the father running from the gate to wrap his arms around the son before yep. the neighbours can stone him. Yep. And it's like they don't see that in the church, mm. well, there's a big conflict. And that's so that the um, prodigal son, that's something that's really refined where I think um, things have gone a little askew mm-hmm. because I look at that story and I look at the, is it the older brother or the second brother who mm-hmm. stays mm-hmm. and look at how he responds. He's like, mm-hmm. I've stayed here, I've slaved away. Mm-hmm. And it's like he was given the opportunity to leave. Mm-hmm. But he was bitter about staying. So obviously he felt this obligation, Mm. like this is what I have Mm -hmm. to do. Mm -hmm. And the father's like, you already have everything that I'm (laughs) giving this son. And it's like this to me, it became this picture like there are a lot of Christians doing what scripture says, I think, out of an obligation Mm -hmm. because they think they have to. It's almost like this fear thing. Mm. And when they find out who gets into heaven, they're going to feel really bitter about everything they did instead of allowing scripture through Jesus to like transform their life Mm. and want that to be what other people have. I think a lot of people have fallen into that trap of it's an obligation, not a like transformed way of viewing the world, not like, yeah, that's it. Not a yeah. transformed way of viewing the world. Yeah. I mean, when what you see in the older son really is self-righteousness it, mm. and entitlement mentality. Mm. You've never given me a goat, you know, kind yep. of thing. And, um, uh, and so I think that when people see an incongruency between the character of God they've personally experienced mm. and what either a church leader sometimes sadly or even just other Christians that are very vocal and very maybe prominent, mm. they push something out there into that space and, mm. um, you know, hopefully it initiates a positive deconstruct journey yeah. 
of I really want to know who I've believed because I don't believe it looks like that, yes. what I just saw, you know. Yes. Um, but for a lot of people it becomes I can, you know, I'm just going to reject everything because, yeah. you know, and that's sad. That's why I think the deconstruct or the, the, the restoration of mm. our faith rather than deconstruct, mm. the restoration of our faith is so necessary yep. for every generation yep. because we're kidding ourselves if we don't think yeah. that we might not become the older brother one day if we aren't already. Yeah, no, mm. definitely. Uh, yeah, and that's... <laughs> <laughs> Anyhow, okay, Lost so. Lost my train of No, sorry, sorry. There, sorry. I'll probably, I, I just found that that was great, a great thought that you brought up. Um, so that's a little bit, we're talking about the value of the journey. Mm. So for you, obviously you're saying that you had images sort of thrown at you as a kid. Mm. Uh, well-meaning, obviously, um, but that weren't necessarily congruent with the God you knew. Yeah, yeah. Um, okay, so pick up the story from there. Like, So what was the journey from there? Obviously you're a young person being mm. discipled here. Yeah. You know? I think, um, I think it started with small things. Like I think that um, the way people have always shared from platform here has always been um, very honouring of scripture and also very practical, which was helpful for me. I remember a message that you did probably years ago where you talked about like the nature of forgiveness and how forgiveness wasn't about um, like just letting someone in to do what they'd done before. Mm -hmm. It's about like not holding them to things, Mm -hmm. but that doesn't mean you don't, you know, wise up Mm -hmm. and 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 put boundaries Mm -hmm. in place. And I'd had someone hounding me about if you're a Christian I should be exactly where I was before this thing happened. You should have forgiven me. And Mm. I'd always felt this real conflict inside Mm -hmm. because they were using scripture and Mm -hmm. it was this whole guilt thing. And I was going, I I genuinely don't hold them to this, but I'm not interested in Mm -hmm. like round two. Yeah, yeah, that's it. (laughs) And I don't think that's a bad, and it was such a, like, I've always had this real, I don't want to be right more than I want to know what God wants. Like at the end of the day, if what God says is the hard thing to hear, I'll hear it. Mm-hmm. Like I, I don't just want to seek because I want it to be a different answer. Like I, I try it. Uh, I think I genuinely just want to know what God wants. But for me, it was such a conflict. Mm-hmm. And I remember you sharing that and just this weight of mm-hmm. like, this mm-hmm. is what happens when scripture is shared, like in a way that's actually relevant in a way that's been brought forward, that there's context mm-hmm. that um, it just, it was really releasing for me. Mm-hmm. And I thought, that was one of the moments where I was like, I mean, first of all, I need to start reading my Bible more mm-hmm. and I need mm-hmm. to learn more about, uh, I need to not let people throw scripture in my face out of context mm-hmm. and then feel guilty about it. Mm-hmm. Um, so, it, yeah, there were small things like that along the way where I learned the power of understanding scripture and not um, allowing people to just use it. Is it yeah. you know, mis- all the power of misusing scripture oh, even. Yeah, yeah. Like yeah. I'm sure there are a lot of people who have been hurt even and honor to them trying to honor what they think is scriptural yeah, yeah. um which i mean if that's what you've done you've you've done your best yeah but i think there are a lot of people who've been hurt that way mm. and manipulated that way and that's why this is such an important you know journey to be on so mm. over the years it's just been piece by piece falling into place um not just to purposefully find the god i want to see mm. but almost trusting that God is who Jesus revealed him to be 
and said that he was mm-hmm. and just knowing that piece by piece falls into place. Okay, yeah. maybe God is the person that I can trust. It's like that whole, he's too good to be true. Mm-hmm. Like God's probably the one thing that is yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, yeah, yeah. that yeah. I can put my faith in. Like other things, it's like, yeah, that's a bit too good to be true. I'm suspicious. But with God, it's that seems too good to be true. Okay, that's where my faith takes over. Yeah. And what we're talking about here really probably is the the anchor mm. that we have to have to to start really inspecting, pulling mm-hmm. apart, and making sense of our faith. Mm-hmm. Yeah, this personal experience that's anchored on the character and nature of Christ. Um, outside of that, you know, when people deconstruct or dismantle mm. or whatever you want to call it. Mm. Um, outside of that, they have no reference point. And that's yeah. why they end up coming to some pretty crazy conclusions. Yeah. They generally end up uh, losing their faith. Mm. They generally end up being critics of the church, mm. all of that. Um, but it's actually that cornerstone revelation of Christ yep. that holds you together through this it's whole process. You just keep coming back to, yes. uh, I've put it this way, uh, you know, Paul says, I know whom I've believed. Mm. And I'm convinced that he'll be faithful to keep what I've committed to him. Yeah. So there's this sense of, um, yeah, my feet are on a very solid foundation, mm-hmm. but it's not necessarily the Bible. No. <laughs> and that's and, and that's, that's a the big freaky bit. Thing. Yeah, and yeah, I think yeah. that's yeah, when I, I've always I, I've started to look at it as like Jesus is like the cure to religion. Mm-hmm. Like honestly. Like mm-hmm. I don't know you could be super, super like religious in that strict harsh sense whilst really embracing the fresh revelation of Jesus. Like that must be where people lose a bit of it is when they go to scripture and and that becomes almost like their way to heaven or their way to God when it's like, you know, all scripture points to Christ and without scripture, we wouldn't know. And I'm so grateful for scripture. So true. But even the old hymns say it. Mm. Think about this. Like I just laughed. And when I said, my faith is not built on the Bible mm. or I don't stand on the Bible. So mm. I don't stand on the Bible in the sense of that's what's unshaking because actually yep. I find the Bible to be quite perturbing. Yes. Um, but it, that's nothing new. Although the new biblicists, you know, like to me I call it the cult of the Bible, people who've mm. been sold this mm. this thing about the Bible as being some supernatural book that fell out of heaven written by God. Mm. Um I think they, uh, all through church history, we've got hymns mm-hmm. on Christ the solid rock I stand. Mm, yeah. Now that predates me. So when I say. That's good theology. Yeah. When I say <laughs> I'm standing on a solid rock yeah. and it's not the Bible, yeah. I'm not the first one who said it. Yeah. So don't say this is a new deconstruct thing or mm. something. No, no, no. I'm just, I understand that when I stand on the Bible, I get giddy. Yes. I'm excited. I'm enthusiastic. Mm. I'm a bit perturbed. Yeah. I mean, the Bible takes me to every point of the compass. Yeah. Um, but in that journey of bouncing around the room, Christ can be seen. Mm. And that's the important part yes. where it's like, wow, God, you are still. Yeah who you always were. Yeah. Um, and I just see you clearer in Jesus now than I've ever seen you. And it doesn't, mm. doesn't matter now whether I'm reading Old Testament, Psalms, Minor Prophets, mm. or New Testament, Gospels, Letters. Yep. It's like Christ is in it and through it yes. all. And um, and so Scripture has that tremendous value of revealing mm. 
to us. Mm. But is that what I'm actually standing on? Yeah. And like, and can I pose the question, like, what happens when someone doesn't have access to scripture? That's it. Is God ineffectual? (laughs) Is he not there? Is he going, man, if someone could just get a copy of the Bible into their hands, Mm -hmm. I'd really be able to do something. Yeah, yeah, crazy. It's this, like, as much as we have so much access in the West, like, in some ways it's a resource that can be controlled. Mm -hmm. And I just, I won't ascribe to something that stops people from encountering God or experiencing God fully. Mm. Like I think that scripture, obviously, like, again, it plays such a big role in our faith and it reveals things to us. It guides us. It's got a lot of wisdom and a lot of like, maybe don't do this in Mm -hmm, it, mm -hmm. uh, which is great. But at the same time, worse comes to worse. I think Jesus is still the center point mm-hmm. and he can do incredible things. Like you hear people coming to church who've never read a Bible yeah. going, I really felt something inside <laughs> me say I needed to be here. And it's yeah. like, that's the Holy Spirit. Yep, yep. That's God working in you. You've not seen scripture. Yep. Like don't let the religious people. <laughs> yeah. I mean, for most, I was just listening this morning to a couple of things out of Tom Holland's uh Dominion, book mm. Dominion, which is an amazing book, a huge book, but quite amazing. Sorry to ask, did you say Tom Holland? Like Tom Holland, Spider-Man? yeah. No, 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 oh, not, not Spider-Man. <laughs> I'm just going to ask that for anyone no. watching who thought, wow, I didn't know Tom Sorry. Holland. Sorry, <laughs> didn't know he was uh, a theologian. Um, <laughs> no, um, uh, the first one is, um, it, just in relating to that, was a story from about the ninth century, mid-ninth century, of um, when education, educating the devil out of people actually became a thing uh, with the rise of Christendom, with the rise of Christianity uh, at times being forced on people through Europe, um, uh, people that are now known as quote-unquote saints of that Mm. era. Um, uh, And uh, the movement of monks that began to write and just write copies of scripture so they could get it out there because they realized the priests weren't educated, they weren't yeah, wow. they weren't living correctly, blah, blah, blah. And it was like, how can they know if they don't, how can they live right? Mm. How can they be Christians, basically, if they yeah. don't understand how to be a Christian? Yeah. Uh, so it was all wonderful, you know, co- yeah, writing wow. our copies of scripture and whatnot. But we're still talking in the mid-9th century after Christ, 950 years after Christ. Wow. We're still talking about priests being lucky enough to be one of the chosen ones to get Mm. a handwritten copy of Scripture. So, again, it just makes the argument to me that for, you know, potentially the bulk, and that didn't just go away, Mm. really, even after the printing press. It took a Mm. couple of hundred years for books to become highly available and affordable and then for literacy to catch up. So we are still talking the bulk of the Christian age. Mm. Christians propagating the gospel, trying to live for God, however successfully or unsuccessfully they did it, but doing it without much access to scripture Mm. outside of the odd homily or whatever Mm. from a priest who you hope had his own hand copy, copy of scripture that, you know, someone had diligently written in a monastery. So it's like we get this false image, like the Bible has always been the cornerstone of everything. And I'm not in any way trying to undermine it. You know how I honour scripture. Again, it's like it's one of the best things we have. Yeah, yeah. But 
it's not the best thing we have. It's, it's, we, Jesus, like we Jesus have ultimately is the word, yeah. okay? And and the Holy Spirit at work in us, mm. and he's been so faithful for century after century after century, yeah. some of the darkest times in human history. Yeah. And has has been with people, walked with people, mm. brought people out the other side of tremendous error, mm. of tremendous persecution, of wars, of famine, of whatever. God has walked with his people through yeah. it all. And we are really privileged to have the access we do. And I think we need to honour the access we have. Yes, agreed. There's people previous to us who've died so we could have a copy of Scripture. Yeah. Um, and so, uh, and yet, here we are understanding that Jesus really is uh, our cornerstone, mm. our foundation. Mm. Um, and so I'm interested mm. now, uh, just so that we keep moving through this, yep. we've got to get to some of your high points, waypoints mm. in theology that you think have really helped you. What are some of the concepts? Let's let's have a real machine gun round yep. if we can and just really shoot out and we'll see, we'll do, drill down on some stuff, but mm-hmm. just, you know, things, words, rewords, relanguaging, mm. reconcept, what, mm-hmm. what. Tell me, talk to us. I think, okay, so number one, I'd put um, using a Jesus filter over all of scripture. Yeah. Something okay. I've never previously done. Yeah. Um, and so that's allowed me when I'm reading back in the yeah. Old Testament mm-hmm. and going, Wow, this God is a little crazy, and <laughs> yeah. I don't know how I feel about that. Yeah. It's allowed me to go, if Jesus is a full revelation of Christ, and this is the journey of that revelation to Christ, mm-hmm. I can I can allow that these people experience God differently, or yeah. just because of who they were, yeah. that's really allowed me to embrace Scripture without fear. So that would be probably one of the biggest things for me, mm-hmm. is always returning to Christ, the ultimate revelation. Right. I just think that should be everywhere. (laughs) Every time you get scared, just think, who was Jesus? Great. Cool. Um, I feel better. Um, When we talk about signage around the church and putting mm. up a mission slogan or whatever, Mm. I honestly think we'd do well just to put up, if you've seen me, you've seen the Father. Uh, yes. Jesus Christ as it the quota. Should be the, it should be the, one of the most quoted scriptures. It should be. Genuinely. I'm, I, I Actually, I mm. fully agree. That that revelation. Yeah. So you're talking now about Christ as our hermeneutic key. Yes. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. yeah. And the filter. <laughs> yeah, that sounds better. That's yeah. exactly oh, no, what no, I'm talking no, about. No, 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 no. But, you know, the we, language, we, yeah, we express it so key. many ways. Yeah. So the, Christ, the hermeneutic key, um, Brad Jersak puts it as yeah. reading, reading the scriptures, the Emmaus way honoring scripture i think is the way i think i'm really i'm actually honoring it by using jesus as this filter i'm not trying to turn it into something it's not i'm honoring it it. very good um and then i think um i mean it's probably been mentioned a lot on here but just knowing that the genres Mm -hmm. like i i have people in my world i think and i respect and love them but their obvious religious upbringing was very different to mine. Mm -hmm. And the advice I was given was don't read that book. It'll freak you out. You'll just live better if you don't know about it. And so there are certain books in the Bible, even still I'm realizing that I haven't read because the advice I was given was you'll just live, you'll, it'll be easier to embrace God if you haven't read this. Wow. Okay. And so I've been able to more and more venture through the Bible, knowing that this isn't some literal, um, cautionary tale that's going to happen to you. Like, mm-hmm. is like Job is like a big one. Like, mm-hmm. I know people who've been like, I know this, you know, God just does this type of thing. Like, yeah, have you read Job? And my heart just breaks. <laughs> yeah. yeah, yeah. That 
someone's because this is the heart is they're really trying to honor God in their season. Yeah, yeah. And it breaks my heart that they're doing it that way because it's like no, no, like. God's not doing all this horrible stuff to you. He will bring you out yeah, of it. Yeah, he yeah. will bring some gold out of it. Like yeah. I believe that fully, but just knowing that there's a genre gives me so much clarity. Yeah, yeah. In um, and yeah, so, the character you know, of God. Yeah. So we're talking, I guess, you know, our understanding. Yeah. Uh, as Job, obviously. Sorry, there's, context. Yeah, yeah. There's a big hint <laughs> in your Bibles around Job yes. and the way we're meant to read it, it's in the poetry section. Yes, it is know. in the and poetry so it's section. It's in the poetry section. So, and God makes a bet with the devil. So yeah, I'm which, pretty sure I'm we're pretty not sure supposed to gamble. Yeah, God's not a gambling man for a start. Um, God's not a sinner. <laughs> Satan's in heaven. There's a hint. There's a yeah. hint well, that this story what a scandal. This story uh, may not have had to have happened to have been true. It would have been a very provocative <laughs> This is story, wouldn't it? it, it it's in insane. The day? It's, yeah. it's insane to read that literally. It doesn't mm. make sense. Mm. And, you know, and there's other research you can do on it. You know, it's yeah. ancient Mesopotamian roots, you yes. know, before it ever became a Hebrew story. But but ultimately it does explain suffering mm. in a sense. It does explain honouring God in spite of suffering, that yep. God wants to bless us in spite of the circumstances of this world seeming to conspire against us. You yeah. Know? And so, yeah, you have all these dramas in a play and actually if you pull the book apart, it's a screenplay. Yeah. It reads like a play. You can lit- you could literally act it out on a Sunday yeah. morning if you had time and just describe characters and get them to read their roles. Yeah. And walk it presents in and off the stage, incredible you know? truth. Yeah. But yeah. at the same time, I yeah. find... There's probably a lot of genuine people struggling and trying to love God through the struggle whilst thinking he's trying to teach them a Job lesson. Yeah. And I've, I've heard I, Christians yeah. say God's just letting the devil have a go at me to teach me a lesson. Yeah. And it's like... Doesn't I know that break where your heart? I know where you got it from, but I think you're reading it wrong. Yeah, it's heartbreaking. I've it heard, really is. I've heard people, like with even with illness, like God just yeah. wants to teach me something. Yeah, terrible. Like from a really humble, <laughs> like I'm not mad at God I place. Know, and I, I think know. Yeah. You've, oh, it just, it breaks my heart. And it, it shows you actually where people go with scripture sometimes shows you the power of the work of the Holy Spirit mm. in transforming the human heart mm-hmm. that, that, People might even be at a point where they don't find a lot of comfort, even from scripture, but they still are loyal and loving yeah. and embraceive of God. Yeah. It's sort of sort of a indicator of the depth of the work of the Holy Spirit in their lives when you yeah. see beautiful people struggle like that. I honour it. Um, I really do, but I want them to live in a greater revelation. It, it's just funny, <laughs> like even as we talk about this, and I know that on the podcast, this is what we'll get the hackles up of the biblicist mm. who um, has a very one-dimensional view of Scripture, a very literalistic yeah. interpretation, because we're talking about Job as if it didn't happen. Right. And to, to the literalist, this probably in their mind means that what you're saying is the Bible's not true. Mm. No, no, everything in the Bible is true. I'd rather put it this way, as mm. our, a good friend of ours has shown us, everything in the Bible is true and some of it actually happened. Yeah. So straight away that gets the hackles up. Yes. And then I think, well, hang on a sec, hang on a sec. We let Jesus do this all the time. Yeah. 
We let Jesus tell parables. Yes. And we know they're only stories. We're not mm. no one's looking for the lost the the, the prodigal son's block mm. of land, the farm he sold, you know, no one's yeah. looking for it. So we know that God uses story mm. to communicate his message and yeah. Jesus did it brilliantly, but we won't let anyone else do it. If we go back to the Old Testament, yep. it's like this has all got to be literal. Yeah. Job's got to be literal. Oldest man crazy. who lived like, or whatever. And it's like, meh, we just it's a very so old well story. We just learned so well through stories. Mm. Like I, that's why I used to love, I was a big VeggieTales fan as a child. <laughs> yeah. And to to this day, whenever I think of a lie, I think of the fib from outer space. <laughs> and every time the, I forget his name, the little asparagus would lie, it would get bigger. But the fib would be like, oh no, like it's just a small one. Just say it. Until he was this massive Godzilla monster. Yeah crushing the town and <laughs> to this day whenever i think of like oh it's just a little fib i'm like no no it the fib from us and i think it's like that story's not real yeah. but boy did it put a truth yeah, inside of yeah, me yeah. in a way that i remember it in a way that i and i mean enjoyed as a child but the truth has has remained yeah and so there's probably a scripture that says don't lie and, but and, <laughs> and we're talking about Tribal people mm. who lived in community around yeah. campfires initially, and then around you know home fires or whatever. And a story. There was no TV. There was no internet. Yes. Storytelling. Not a notebook in the desk. No, <laughs> passing down tradition. That scripture in its origins mm. is all oratory. Yes. Yeah. You know what I mean. And and it was passed on and the value and the lessons and the whatever mm. and and i think to possibly you know without with without being able to single anyone out personally but i think to you know the average orthodox hebrew mind mm. um, if you said to them um, that some of these things like job were literal they'd be horrified that yep. you thought about God that way. Yeah. I think the you know the, the questions would be what what is what is Satan doing in heaven and what is you know like good question. <laughs> good and question. I've been taught that book was really really old. But hang yeah. on, Satan's a far newer development in Jewish theology. Mm. Yes. So how old can it be? Yes. You know. So but mm. but the story is proven old. Ancient yep. Mesopotamian literature and stuff that just yeah. seems too close to be true. Yeah. But it, it's it's interesting. These things have been put there for our instruction. They enlighten us. Mm. You know, is it inspired scripture? Yes. No one's doubting that. Yeah. But the way we view it yeah. is really important. Otherwise, we might be picking stuff up that. And the amusing thing is the way we're thinking about it isn't that we're fighting against tradition isn't tradition. It's... Mm modern tradition that's it but it's not yeah. original tradition yeah. but we hold on to it like it's yeah thousands of years it, old so but funny. it's been molded yeah. by time and by culture and by yeah. society but we still hold on to it like it's this yeah. really really ancient belief and it's like the original belief yeah like jesus yes the bible is ancient mm -hmm. but the way a lot of it's communicated that we're holding so tightly is modernized. In this modern age, yeah. And it's absolutely. quite ironic. Yeah, and yeah. I mean at the same time I like I honor the people who got it to where it where it is. And we need to. I honor mm. it like this like for me it's never been a proving people wrong. It's not about no. any like it's just genuinely like this is a faith I have and I want it to go on. I want yeah. it to 
inspire people for thousands of years to come. And yeah. so what what does it need? Is, How do we yeah. reclaim this what is simply, Jesus intended? This is simply about is there a better way? Yeah. That's the yeah, only yeah. question, isn't it? Is there a better way? Like I understand yeah. that's, that's what I've understood it to mean, mm. but is that all? Yes. Is there more? Yes. Or is there a better way? And mm. if there's not, you go, amen. It's so awesome yeah. to have sort of hold these truths like that. And if you learn something new, you go, wow, I'm just, I'm growing. Mm. We're allowing that, people that's to so be threatening curious to some again. Though. Yeah, yeah. Like we're allowing like <laughs> that childlike, but why? Yeah. But how? And, and, you know, I hear the purists saying in one sense, but people will go astray, blah, blah, blah. And I'm like, I look at the church now and I think, oh, I think we've got enough wrong now. Mm. I mean, when you say, but we <laughs> might go astray, it's like, because we're getting everything right now. Yeah. Uh, that's an overstatement. But, I mean, I love the local church. Mm. I love the church worldwide. I've been privileged to visit it in many nations. Yeah. I love the church. But, hey, I realise we got issues. Yes. And so to sort of defend it as if, no, we've got everything right now, don't touch it, mm. it's a bit like, have you actually looked around? Isn't it ironic, though, that, those are the people like with fear and control will push scripture but not trust that Jesus is profound enough to change people's life. <laughs> like this whole faith is built on Jesus. I'm sure even people who are literalists will, you know, Jesus is a big deal. Yeah, yeah, I hope so. But yeah. where's the faith that he's the transforming one? That's it. That's the that's that's I think that's where I struggle with that because that control has to come from a fear like how are we going to make people how are we going to Jesus didn't come to make people do anything mm. he came to reveal what we could access what we could have who we could be like yeah. it was all about offering not about forcing yeah and I think yeah. we we sometimes lose that if the Bible does become rigid. Yeah, yeah. You know, we fear I, instead I, of, you know, yeah. I, years ago, Sarah, I, I remember getting a revelation, one of those personal revelations you get on the journey. Mm. And it's when I started to really simplify my prayer. Yeah. And, ex- okay. and start discipling people to pray more simply than what they had been. Um, and it was, I actually realised at some point I was praying praying up a storm in a quiet room somewhere about all the issues going on and everything God needed to do for me. (laughs) And I just realized I felt like I had more faith in the way I was praying than I had in God. Yeah. You had the one, two, three down. Yeah, yeah. I'm like, I am praying so good. I've got a scripture for this and God's a scripture for that. God's got to answer I'm me yeah, now. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I'm quoting scripture and I'm going for it. And I'm not saying there's anything wrong with that. I yeah. mean, it, it's a wonderful, inspiring, spirit-led way I to hope pray. I recorded this for later. <laughs> but I am actually, you get to the point where it's like, gee, I'm praying well. And it's like, mm. I, I think... I think my faith mm. might not be in God right now. Yeah. I think my faith is actually in the yeah. way I'm praying. And yes. then I was like, right, I'm going to make a concerted attempt to pray as simple as I can, to use as few words mm. as I can. And instead of focusing on what I'm verbalizing, I'm mm. focusing on trust and faith in God. Yep. And it was a huge revelation to me yep. that for the years now I've taught, you know, we've, it's, it's our simple, simple prayer. Yeah, simple yeah. prayer thing. But um, it's like, uh, I think we can do that with the Bible. That's what you're talking yeah. about with the Bible, where it becomes we've actually got more faith in Scripture than we have in the living Christ. Yeah. And that is not helpful because the moment it could be taken away from you, mm. you might say, oh, yeah, that's going to happen. Well, it's happened in communist China, plenty. Yeah. Uh, it's happened in plenty of other countries. It's, mm. it's 
pretty prevalent up in the Maluku's and mm-hmm. Indonesia to this day. Mm. Um, you know, so having a Bible can be a death sentence in some places, and yet yeah. people still continue their faith without. Yeah, and it's like wow, talk about heroes of the faith. Yeah, it's um, yeah, I can't even imagine. Yeah, we we live with our soft padded Bibles beside us on every elbow. Honestly, I thought about it recently. I just like you know reading the news, you can't help but go, how is the faith that I have? In Australia, the faith, the same faith that's getting someone through some of the stuff happening overseas. Ukraine. Like how, how, like, (laughs) like, I mean, and that's where you believe, like God gives people the faith that they They need need in the moment. moment. Um, And because there's been times where I've had more faith, but I've really needed it. But you just, it's sometimes astounding to go, it's the same God. How is it? (laughs) Like, it's phenomenal. But I think it helps. Like, I think one thing about reading scripture this way is it helps measure our response in the world. Mm -hmm. Like when things start to change and shift, if you've got like a death grip on scripture, Mm -hmm. you're going to start to get really uncomfortable Mm -hmm. when um, politics goes a certain way, when society moves a certain way. But to a point that you don't know how to respond in a transformative way, mm-hmm. in a way that's actually going to lead to change. You just yeah. you've got this chokehold, yeah. and you're like, "I'm gonna, and that's I'm gonna you, meet people the yeah. way that I feel they need to yeah. be met, which yeah. is this is wrong, this is bad, this push is me, this. shove you, push me, shove you, mm-hmm. and then it's like, well, that's not helping. The myth of redemptive violence comes alive so quickly, in and us. you realize their faith is in scripture and not in God yeah. because it's moving away from scripture and they're losing their mind. Yeah, yeah. And it's like, and to some degree, it's like it is. It is hard to see that happening because when you know, no, this yeah. is the revealed best yeah. way to live, but. Yeah. At the same time, I do have a faith in Jesus and I do believe the world's being redeemed. Mm-hmm. And so as much as I don't like some of the things that change, I'm just going to keep trying to live in a Jesus way and bringing people on that journey and they're going to keep doing that. And my faith isn't in that this scripture is not in the law, so I'm uncomfortable or mm. completely shaken. Mm-hmm. My faith is in Jesus. Yep. So it's okay. <laughs> it's okay. Excellent. Excellent. I mean, look, I, I don't think we have got anywhere near where we wanted to go. I can't remember where we were meant to but, go. <laughs> but I, I think it, well, I, I've really enjoyed the conversation, Sarah. Oh, thank you. <laughs> and I, I do think there's there's a lot in that. We've sort of mm. gone around a few different places and um, there's, there's stuff I hope people find helpful, which at mm. the end of the day here on the podcast – that's all we're trying to do. Yeah. We're not trying to, to sell snake oil or whatever. We're, we're just <laughs> trying to be helpful and we're sharing a bit of our journey and a yeah. bit of our process. And so some of it is raw. Some of it is as we're literally processing. Oh, yeah, um, and I guess in a sense, uh, you know, we're trying to have the courage mm. to live out loud with what we think is being helpful and mm. certainly will be particularly helpful for emerging generations yeah. to embrace faith in a way that will make sense in the world that they live in yeah. um, and still be honouring and authentic mm. to who we know Jesus always has been and always yes. will be. So, um, 
Thank you so much, Sarah. Thanks for having me. And, it's been uh, so fun. And thanks for being with us, folks. Hey, uh, let us know what you think and don't don't be afraid to ask a question. Uh, the, there is actually a question on the Spotify platform. There's actually a question. So uh, if you happen to use that one, we'd love to hear from you. There's the opportunity to ask one. Uh, other than that, uh, give us a, a five-star rating. Yeah, follow you us do? on Instagram. Follow, uh, hit bells or whatever you got to do. Is that something, YouTube? Something I don't know. exciting. Something yeah, exciting to tell us. You love the podcast. <laughs> do whatever you got to do. <laughs> Send and, us an uh, email, dig a little deeper. Yeah. I want to say uh, .com. At newhope.org. Uh, uh, yeah, it'd be .org.au. I'm not sure. Okay, even so strong. Look, look up, look up the uh, dig a little deeper email if you need to. But, hey, it's great to have you with us. You have a great week. Bye. Hi, I'm Leanne. Thanks so much for joining us. Give us a five-star rating. And until next week, why don't you go and make a smoothie and share it with your neighbour? See ya.